systems are offline. E Radio Live, powered by TCS Wi Fi. Nine minutes past three o'clock on a Thursday afternoon. It's the 3rd of June and time for the first edition of Tech Thursday for this brand new month. Joining us today wirelessly <laughs> is uh, Kane. How's it going, Kane? Very well, thank you, Ian. Since I know that I can actually hold a WhatsApp call, I haven't been... Uh, that that functionality hasn't been taken away yet. I still haven't <laughs> signed the privacy policy. <laughs> I was going to do a check on you today and ask you how's it going, what's been taken away. Uh, for those who don't know and just joined us, uh, Kane is not signing the uh, new WhatsApp policy. So he's slowly but surely watching or watching his uh, WhatsApp fall apart. <laughs> but, it <hasn't laughs> happened, but it hasn't happened yet. Not yet. Not yet. But I think uh, Facebook's not doesn't have all their stuff together because by now I shouldn't even have a profile pic. <laughs> yeah, and you've got all those things still. You've got your your profile pic. You can still send messages. Your ticks are not showing. Your blue ticks, but that's you. You switched it off. Even my uh, even my WhatsApp can play at uh, 1.5x and 2x, and that's new functionality. And oh my word! Available. Yes, uh, speeding up the voice notes. You can actually do that as well. Wow. Okay. Well, they're really not doing their job. <laughs> maybe it maybe it was some just ghost my, stories. Yeah, some of my friends have uh, have the 2x WhatsApp speed enabled, so sometimes just to keep things alive i send them voice notes intentionally fast so it's completely <laughs> inaudible <laughs> oh that's actually very clever yeah i, I must tell you the minute oh, it appeared laugh. on my voice notes uh, when when i started seeing that thing there i i started playing it in 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 on the two setting the two times setting uh, and it's so funny. It sounds like a chipmunk is sending you a voice note. <laughs> That's exactly right. Do you want to hear what we have uh, in store for today? Absolutely, man. Take it away. Take a look at this. We've got a, quite an interesting lineup today. WhatsApp Insta- and Instagram are getting business messaging overalls for an e-commerce push. Imagine new tools and tricks and tips for you to use for, uh, to manage your business through these um, platforms. Israeli astronauts to test tech for the next generation of space travel. This is exciting. Up to 75 uh, new t- new pieces of tech being test- tested in uh, at the International Space Station, mainly life support systems. NASA's Mars helicopter has taken another flight uh, successfully. We're going to talk about that. We know about ingenuity. We, we discussed it in previous weeks. The App Store uh, developers log a $650 billion dollar um, revenue in commerce in 2020 they just reported that and uh, believe it or not scientists want to steer robotic surfboards into hurricanes to measure um, to measure unique atmospheric temperature and pressure and things like that and encouraging research finds the brain adjusts to a third limb or a third thumb or even a second thumb as e- as much easier than we first expected Tesla tried to stop Elon Musk from making tweets and failed. <laughs> and Huawei brings their new operating system to smartphones in Asia. Yo, Kane, that's uh, quite a lineup there today. Uh, it sounds very, very interesting. Um, I've Can I start? I, I've got a, a nice Go short story it. to start with. Um, I see Winamp is, you know Winamp the uh, player? Um Everybody had Winamp on their computers, you know, like Windows 95. It was kind of like the startup default player for many computers in in the 90s. 
And Winamp is now, uh, they actually discontinued Winamp completely. I mean, you could still download the old versions, but they said a couple of years ago, they said, hey, we're not making any more Winamps. And now, all of a sudden, in 2021, um, yeah, they're saying, what's next? Be the first to know. You can sign up for a program and uh, you can also like get the beta version of it because they're working on a brand new release, working on uh, a, a brand new player that's uh, kind of suitable for, for the times we're living in for 2021. So they, they, they call it a complete listening experience. So they're probably going to build a lot of stuff into it. Um, so yeah, when I'm making a comeback, eh? Wow, that's really that. I mean, that's a flashback from the past, right? I mean, what I wonder what they did. Did they walk into a boardroom and say, you know, guys, what we should do is dust off Winamp and bring <laughs> that back to combat yeah. VLC? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you get so many free players online anyway. Um, but um, it's interesting. I wonder what what made them decide that and what the new one's going to look like. I mean, I've got Winamp not at the moment. Uh, on on my computer i oh no, I actually had it i actually uninstalled it I'm, i don't use it anymore but still people right now are still using uh, winamp it's kind of like a habit you know what my two cents is perhaps they regretted um closing that door in the past i mean realistically looking back now you look at vlc you look at windows media player you look at all these these format media players and if you were someone in the 90s who's de- who was developing a media player and now you're looking back and you're in 2020 and you're saying, wow, you know, media players could be here in 2120, you know, we should really pick that back up. Mm, mm. Yeah, you're right, Kane. I think that's probably what happened. But anyway, it's a legendary player and uh, I'm looking forward to, to see the new update. Maybe I should sign up for the beta testing program. You can sign up on the website. Uh, just uh, put in your email address and then check your mailbox for more details on uh, the brand new Winamp that's still whipping the llama's ass, as they say. Oh, can you Sorry, hear could you repeat that, <laughs> I can hear you typing. Are you signing up? Are you signing up for the Winamp program? I got to see it for my own eyes, you know. Yeah, I just I, exactly, exactly. I need mm-hmm. this one is but it's cut out. Be yeah, Winamp, brand new Winamp. So Kane signing up. That's cool. Okay, that's interesting. Are you still with us, Kane? All right, I am. I am. It looks like WhatsApp is actually is taking away some functionality. It looks <laughs> like I'm not able <laughs> to communicate. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, okay. Well, let's get going. What's your first story? All right. So let's take a look at WhatsApp, Instagram, launching new business tools for for developers all around the world. So this this is actually very interesting. So I don't know if you know this, but Facebook said 90% of Instagram users follow at least one business. How crazy is that? Mm. (laughs) That's interesting. That is insane. So in that light, what uh, Zucker said is he got, he's going to be upgrading the business messaging tools in e-commerce's push. Imagine being able to get notified via Instagram when new stock comes into availability at your local store. Mm. Or imagine browsing your your favorite, um, you know, like browsing takealot.com and opening up a, a Instagram messenger chat with them and being able to purchase items directly from that conversation and things like that. These are the kind of tools that they're thinking of bringing. 
And obviously it comes in the light of the COVID-19 pandemic and having this big expansion of, of, available, um, of available solutions to new problems that we're facing. And uh, Facebook wanting to, to open up the doors with Instagram and build new tools for, for small businesses to be able to use. Um, and, and for example, WhatsApp, you know, has faced a major backlash in recent months after updating its privacy policy while expanding its messaging tools. So this is all in light of trying to, you know, navigate this very difficult, you know, time for them because it's a mixture between optimizing their existing tech infrastructure in order to enable advertisers, business owners to connect with the right people. But in the same light, they're getting less and less leverage at actually tracking and and isolating individuals. So it's this big, you know, merger in the middle where they're trying to develop these tools, but stay compliant to what is now new privacy policies by the communities, by people. We don't want to share our data. We don't want to share that information. Mm. Yes, we want to buy relevant tech and we want to see ads that make a difference to us. But we don't want to do that at the expense of our personal messages or at the expense of our private conversations while the phone is next to you. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they do. And while this is all happening, Israel is launching new tech into space. It plans to send four astronauts on a SpaceX rocket early next year to test dozens of new technologies that could enable the next generation of space travel. It's called the Riker mission. Uh, which will include Israeli businessman Etienne Stibble, uh, Stibby, who uh, will test more than 40 locally developed technologies in the International Space Station. How crazy is that? Yo. You know, we're going to be taking up new tech to test. These are This is going to be tech ranging from ultra-fast power banks, Yo. Uh, you know, charging things greater than a phone, like like your life support systems, very important <laughs> things. Oh, my word. Yo. <laughs> And uh, other things like um, like uh, liquid telescope lenses that have more magnifying power in a smaller, simpler package, as well as obviously technology for, for traveling, maneuvering, sustaining life, life systems and things like that. Because we have this trip to Mars around the corner now, you know. Mm. Um, so... A number of countries are angling to send astronauts to Mars in the coming decades. More than 100 people will fly into outer space over the next 10 years. Um, and this project is a part of uh, US firm Axiom, uh, which is uh, has a bigger ambition to operate the first commercial space station. Can you imagine that? You know, you have a business meeting, so you need to go to the International Space Station to meet <laughs> <laughs> to meet at a round table. Can you imagine? Like, I don't even I don't even know where to begin conceiving this future. Um, so let's take a look at some of the technologies. So, I mean, they will be testing Healthy.io's urine diagnostic platform, a way to see the health of of astronauts. Astronauts will be traveling, you know, two to three year missions. To get to mars and we right now don't allow astronauts in space for longer than six months a year at max mm. so you're talking doubling the exposure to space spatial elements and at the same time you know trying to deal with you know trying to deal with actually the logistics behind it you got to keep everybody alive and be able to get there and sometimes the two don't necessarily meet in the middle to form a perfect project so 
Space offers an extreme test to our technology and an opportunity to serve humanity's bravest men and women. That's what Healthy.io CEO had to say about it. And StoreDot, which is backed by investors such as Samsung Electronics, is sending 10 fast charging car batteries on the mission to replicate the process for charging and depleting them at zero gravity. Just for understanding purposes, to try and understand chemical reactions that happen inside of the batteries and things like that. I mean, very interesting. And there's only one way to learn about these technologies is to test them, mm. you know. Um, there's no real world environment which 100% replicates the physics of space. Uh, we have vacuum chambers and things like that, but nothing quite to really, you know, draw the technology out and test its limitations. You know, speaking yeah. of technology, the next thing we're speaking about is NASA's helicopter, which just took flight. And that's another example of how engineering has to be adjusted in order to facilitate these explorative projects. For example, the atmosphere is about 100 times less dense on Mars than it is on Earth. So a, a, a helicopter to sustain flight on Mars requires 100, 100 times more energy efficiency. Mm. So remember when we spoke about the, the mars helicopter landing there and it was on it's called ingenuity yeah and uh, what happened on the 6th of april is they tried to get it to launch but it didn't it didn't really work and uh, they patched it the programmers did some some tests and uh, adjusted some of the code and they managed to get it to fly and now it's had a 90 second flight um and we're just testing the waters here. I mean, it's a real Wright Brothers moment um, on Mars to have this happen. And uh, the next one, can you believe it? They're already planning. They're already planning the next project, and it isn't to Mars. Can you just guess where the <laughs> next helicopter will go? I, I think I know. <laughs> where the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the only logical next step, right? Yes. Vince Mars. It's in 2027. We're going to be sending a a helicopter to um to Saturn's moon, Ooh. Uh, the frozen moon, and uh, that's going to be a whole nother a whole nother you know a massive launch. Uh, it's called the moon is called Titan. The launch is scheduled for 2027, and uh, it will arrive about eight years later that's how long it's going to take oh my for the word. for the vehicle to get there how insane is that that's a um, long and it will time fly. it's a very long time and it will fly 160 kilometers on the on the moon but uh, there are some other other kind of environmental factors to consider and this is why testing these technologies in space is so important because the coldest uh, mars will get is minus 90 degrees celsius but on Titan, on Titan, the complex atmosphere will be easy to fly, but uh, when it comes to aerodynamics, but when it comes to practicality, it rains methane. There's a super extreme cold of 180 degrees Celsius. So we're talking double as cold, double as far away, 290 million kilometers away. And I think that is just phenomenal. I mean, you know, we get to Mars and we immediately say, right, where's next? <laughs> where's the most uninhabitable place that we can go to next? Uh, when are we and going to the sun? 10 years. Well, <laughs> I think we have to we have to crack the code on how not to get it to burn up. I mean, we're definitely not going to send a Tesla there. <laughs>
<laughs> no, because there's no swimming pool to put the fire out, man. <laughs> can't just drive it into a local community pool. <laughs> you can't just pull in with a with a fire hydrant and just solve the problem, you know, yo, the fire extinguisher. Yo, I've and got a funny no, mental just, picture of that now. <laughs> <laughs> just to put it into perspective, how difficult it is to plan for these things. Mars's Ingenuity helicopter. If it were to ascend into the sky and come down, there's 26 kilometers an hour winds that are on Mars on average. If it goes into the sky and it comes down and falls over, there's no way to put it back up. Mm, mm. That's it done. That's the end of the mission. Cool. I mean, what an arbitrary thing. Have you? I mean, usually if you go fly your drone helicopter outside, it lands in a tree. As long as nothing's broken, you just pick it up or fetch it and, and use it again. Yeah. But when you're millions and millions of kilometers away and now your little helicopter falls on its side, <laughs> there's no solution. No. It's the end of the it's project. It's the end. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, right? Yo, that's insane. What's next? What do you have for us, Leon? Now, before we go to a music break, just a quick one. Um, I see, um, are you ready for Windows 11, Kane? Oh, please. I, I'm I, joking. I haven't even clocked Windows 10. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, it's just it's just a little uh, upgrade coming, uh, a little feature update uh, coming to Windows 10 on the 24th of June. Uh, it's going to be more significant overalls to the personal computer operating system this decade. Uh, it will include changes to the design, so it's going to look a bit different. Also, added opportunities for creators and developers via the uh, Windows App Store and uh, ways to more easily build connections between users and communities they care about. The uh, software will be rolled out to so-called Windows insiders who sign up to test new products after the event. It's likely to be released widely on the 24th of June. Well, from the 24th of June onwards. So it will come as an update when your computer updates. So you signed up for the Winamp beta thing. Are you signing up for this as well? Do you want to be a Windows insider, Kane? <laughs> <laughs> That's a, I mean, it's a, very good, it's a very good question to say, you know, do you, I mean, think about it. Your Windows operating system is so critical to everything you do on your computer, whether you're browsing, whether you're using an app, whether you're you're checking your mail, whatever you're doing on your computer relies on the operating system. And to be quite honest with you, Ian, because it's Bill Gates, I half expected you to tell me that vaccination is compulsory <laughs> to, to the new download. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Yes. Listen, I won't be surprised. Eh? To be very, very honest with you, I just won't be surprised. <laughs> Here's a quick fun fact for you. Do you know in 2018, um, uh, Bill Gates submitted a patent mm. for a cryptocurrency kind of system to track vaccinations? 2018. No, I didn't know. Yeah. That's quite... You can go read it up. Yo, that's interesting. Nice fast fact there, Kane. Um, thank you. What are you coming back with? So, we all remember Huawei getting banned. Remember for, um, yes. USA's attempt to kind of cut the legs off of the of the mobile phone manufacturer. Uh -huh. And since then, they've built their own operating system, and it's about to launch in Asia, undercutting the entire effort that USA committed to. They thought sure. that if they take away 
a Huawei's operating system, basically the veins of the system, mm-hmm. then they will they will collapse. Yeah. And uh, it is also to be noted that three months after they announced that they're working on the new operating system, USA banned them. And mm. uh, they've recovered. And they're You're- launching their new um, operating system. Looking forward to hearing all about it after our music break. Um, You know, that's so interesting and very inspiring as well because it just shows you, you know, if they want to get you down, just come back and come back harder and bigger and better. Um, Wow, what a comeback. I mean, um, back then when I got the news, when I read the news about Huawei, I thought, oh man, this is it for uh, for, for Huawei, you know. Definitely here in South Africa, you know, and and sales plummeting and eventually it's going to end up, you know, gone finished but look at it now look look at this comeback what a comeback well done wow i'm looking forward to hear more about it yeah exactly and it's not even just surface layer they've put fundamentals in place to run the same operating system for a self-driving car the same operating system to manage your tv this isn't just an operating system for a mobile phone this is an operating system for your entire life and that's what we're going to get into. Not crazy. Get the eRadio SA app right now for free on the Google Play Store. Entertainment radio on the go. Now let's get into part two of Tech Thursday right here on eRadio. It's 25 to 4 o'clock. The second half, Kane is going to tell us about Huawei's comeback now. Kane, tell us, how do you make a comeback? Because Huawei knows how. <laughs> well, as I was telling you off air, I mean, Huawei's actually made, it was it was moving, ex- I think that's partially maybe the re- reason why USA banned it, but it was moving exceptionally fast. It was growing exponentially. It was, um, you know, coming into the ring with uh, Samsung and Apple directly as a competitor. They had, uh, I mean, everyone in South Africa probably knows how a, an Huawei router Mm. Uh, because you've run some sort of internet off of it. If you haven't had D-Link, you've probably had a Huawei. And I even, for the past three years, have had a power bank for my Huawei router, which keeps it going during load shedding. They're just at the forefront of technological advancement. And I think that was intimidating for USA. Uh, The Harmony OS operating system, which was developed by a Huawei, means it will now be installed on a wider range of products including its smartphones they're not sure when it's going to be rolled out globally yet so south africans have to keep waiting and keep their huawei's with their weird ass operating system still running it's a weird operating system it's weird 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 it's, there's a new app a new app store it's called the app gallery and what it does is it basically connects you with the website it was a huawei's way of plugging an immediate problem and they did it exceptionally well yeah if you've got any new huawei phones now you don't have the harmony operating system you have a version of android that's kind of plugged by huawei and it works people can use whatsapp people can use airbnb and these are all apps that huawei users shouldn't be able to download can you imagine that can you imagine not being able to download whatsapp not being able to download airbnb especially if you're someone who has their own airbnb or you someone who travels frequently i mean that's devastating no then you just just throw the phone away exactly you would think yo no you know it's time to just sell this phone and get another one but they've managed to plug the issue but the trade ban that was imposed by the us last year effectively prevented a huawei devices from working fully 
with Google Android's platform because it blocked access to essential apps like Gmail. There's another one, Gmail. Imagine not being able to use Gmail. No. I mean, these are these are part and parcel of life. Mm. Um, and and Harmony OS has so far only been available in some smart TVs. However, Huawei said it did not consider Harmony to be a replacement for Android, which accounted for 85.4% of smartphones. Apple's iOS had the remaining 14.6%, and other operating systems such as Samsung, Tizen, and Amazon's Fire have failed to disrupt the handset market. Samsung tried to release their own operating system, but we all know Android well, and it's all about the consumer. So for Harmony OS to really work, they have to kind of not try they first they can't be too aggressive and say this is going to replace android because that will impose further bans so they have to try and work their way in and their 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 goal is to build an operating system which can function on multiple devices whether it's a smartwatch, whether it's a smart tv whether it's even your own car this operating system has been developed it's been manufactured to support you know the future proofing of its technology and I think that's why we really need to pay attention to it because they're not thinking, here's something that we've had for the past 20 years and here's all the things that we offered in the past 10 years and this is how all the apps that rely on this that we've manufactured, they, they are, how they need to run on it. And they're now taking a step forward and they're saying, well, what's going to happen in five years and 10 years, you know, 15 mm -hmm. years from now? Yeah. What is the consumer's day-to-day going to look like? So Harmony OS is designed to provide the glue between a growing array of connected devices that Huawei is targeting. Huawei will be hoping that it can follow Apple's lead by having a single software platform that extends in all directions, providing a seamless experience to customers that buy into the ecosystem of projects, uh, of products. Eon, do you have a Huawei? No, <laughs> I don't. Have you ever had one? You know what? Um... I was due for an upgrade uh, on MTN uh, during that time when when the Huawei news broke about Huawei not being able to support all these apps and all that kind of stuff. So obviously, naturally, it scared me off. So I went for another Samsung, but I was very, very close. If it weren't for that story, I was I probably would have a Huawei right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, it's going to be an interesting you know battle and huawei as we mentioned in previous weekly um weekly tech updates they launching even some operations here in south africa and uh, they, they're not small projects either and they're going to provide jobs and all sorts of things so i mean if they're in south africa they're all over the world and they're making big moves and it's and it's china's flagship tech innovation basically so there's a lot of power behind it. And speaking of people with a lot of power behind them, Tesla has allegedly repeatedly failed to pre-approve Elon Musk's tweets, despite <laughs> the rules of a court order. This man is causing problems, not only for crypto, but for his own company. I mean, they've, they've faced some serious hardships over the last year. I mean, you've seen it all. We saw it all. We saw Kelly Slater come out of the woodworks and even give Elon Musk a peace of mind. Mm. And, uh, in 2018, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission accused Mr. Musk of misleading investors after he made claims about taking Tesla private. An agreement was made requiring Tesla's lawyers to pre-approve certain tweets. But documents obtained by the Wall Street Journal suggest the regulator believes Mr. Musk and Tesla have broken the terms of that deal. The SEC wrote to Tesla alleging that Elon Musk's Twitter account had violated the deal twice. Ew. 
this man is just operating on his own his own yeah um one tweet made claims about tesla's stock price being too high while the other made claims regarding the company's solar roof production one of the terms of the settlement was that tesla's lawyers must pre-approve the tweets that relate to things such as production numbers new products and the company's finances and uh, one of elon musk's tweets wiped 14 billion off of tesla's value yo can you imagine that that's a big number yo that's like <laughs> five of the most richest people in south africa just <laughs> one like, tweet just wiped out yo. when elon musk was re- re- uh, reprimanded by the sec in 2018 and forced to submit sensitive tweets to tesla's lawyers in future um the man who had tweeted, I am considering taking Tesla private at $420 funding secured without having that funding tied down, seemed unlikely to change his spots. This man has been in a lot of trouble with Twitter, especially with crypto. And I don't know if you remember John McAfee, Jan. Uh Well, is that not the guy who invented uh, that antivirus software? McAfee Security, absolutely. Yay! He during 2017 16 2018 around that time frame he was very popular he was right at the forefront of crypto Mm. he was um he had this thing called coin of the week where he would basically promote a cryptocurrency that week and then make a massive profit off of it and the sec came down and 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 really went for him and he disappeared to to south america and we haven't really heard much from him since and you don't know what could happen with Elon, Elon Musk, you know, he's busy with all of this shenanigans and he's clearly irritating his shareholders, irritating mm. the SEC, but he's also one of the world's richest men. So how, how do you stop it? You can't. And that's what they're trying to do. And I mean, it, it really goes to show what damage you can do with influence. That's all it is. It's influence. Yeah. Um, you know? It's not like he spends a dollar every time to make people sell stocks. It's just his influence. People care about what he says. People mm-hmm. care about what he does. And based on what he says and what he does, people react. And that could be negative for Tesla. It could be positive for Tesla. It could be positive for Bitcoin. He's promoted random projects before. Uh, not necessarily in crypto, but just projects out of the blue. I mean, he's currently supporting Dogecoin. He calls it a stimulus for Americans. And that is the you know if you had to line all the coins up from the most usable to the least usable and then below that you had all the just random coins dogecoin would fit into that category and he promotes it and he loves it it's very interesting to see what's going to happen over the future imagine you were in his shoes you know you got to think about every tweet you got to think about every single post and this is the guy that just said i don't want to think about that <laughs> mm. yeah it's not living by those rules eh and and there's nothing Next you can question. do Mm. There's nothing you can do about it. But my next question for you, Ian, what do you think would happen if I just gave you an extra finger? If you just happened to have a sixth finger, do you think you'd be able to use it? Do you think you'd be able to <laughs> pick up a glass? Or do you think it would take weeks or months or years of training to actually get that limb operational? Yeah, I think it would probably take a long time. Otherwise, I'll just be a really fast typer, I suppose. <laughs> Right, so listen to this. This is crazy. So researchers at the University College London are giving new meaning to the expression all thumbs. They've (laughs) taken an award-winning graduate project from the Royal College of Art in London and are using it to test the brain's reaction to coping with additional body parts. Now, I'm not talking about 
growing a finger in a lab and connecting it. We're talking about artificial limbs, which can be controlled via neural input. You know, I think Elon Musk, Neuralink, you know, I think that sort of direction. The idea behind the College of Art project was to reframe traditional views of prosthetics through the use of a, of a robotic thumb that can be attached to a hand. Uh, Danny Claude said, our, picture, our study shows that people can quickly learn to control an augmentation device and use it for their benefit. Um, he was the designer of the RoboThumb and a member of the UCL research team investing how the, gra- how the brain adapts to body augmentation. We saw that while using the third pump, thumb, people changed their natural hand movements and they also reported that the robotic thumb felt like part of their own body. How crazy is that? Oh, Nia. <laughs> it's, it's creepy, incredible. Man. Yeah, it's, it's freaky. freaky. <laughs> it's I can creepy. remember when I was a kid just trying to make two of my fingers go left and two of my fingers go right. Yeah. I mean, that's that took me about a year to figure out. You know, and now we're talking an additional thumb. I don't know how I'd cope with it or what I would use Shoot. it for. Yeah, yeah, um, but I think it's incredibly impressive. And the question mm-hmm. is, you know, how did they actually manage to, you know, what did they do about it? How did they get it working? And the first instance of their creation was a finger controlled by a toe. <laughs> so you would move your toe and control your finger on your hand. And people were clocking that. They were actually getting really good at using it. There's, there's videos of, you know, that, that trick you do when you uh, you knock a bottle off of the, the cap off of a bottle and mm. it spins off. People are doing that on Twitter. You know, there's all sorts of interesting things about it. But I never thought for one second if that if you could just attach an artificial limb or something like that, what how your brain would be actually actually be able to operate it is is something out of a of a sci-fi novel. Yeah, I was gonna say it's very it, sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. Think Spider-Man Two. If anyone's ever watched Spider-Man Two, you've got Doctor Octavius with his four. <laughs> you know limbs that come out from his back that he uses to walk around and you think how you know how do you control that apparently it's not so hard just connected and your brain does the work for you yeah that's 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 insane that's next that's really is next level that's next level (laughs) that's that's something to to think about but did you know speaking of tech innovation and things like that did you know that in 2020 um apps the app store the ios app store helped developers log 650 billion in commerce in 2020 no how you're, crazy is that you're that's a massive amount 50 billion spent on an app store in 2020 mm. Mm. it's 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 uncomprehendable yeah. you know the number of small developers worldwide has grown by 40 percent since 2015 and then make up more more than 90 percent of app store developers um these are small developers an independent study by economists from the anal- analysis group defines small developers as those with fewer than 1 million downloads and less than $1 million in earnings across their apps in a given year. The apps that were uh, that we railed on through the pandemic has been life-changing in so many ways. And that's so true. Think about all the apps that we've used, you know, grocery delivery, um, Netflix. Mm. I mean, imagine having a pandemic in 1950. Uh, you wouldn't have the resources available. You wouldn't be able yeah. to order your groceries online or get Uber Eats or Oof, you know even order an Uber. You know, <laughs> um, there's there's also been apps that if someone were to contract COVID, everybody who had that app downloaded and was in proximity of this person would be notified. 
tech is taking a massive leap and to see these mm. kind of earnings in 2020 goes to show that there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that that mobile app development is is going to be at the forefront of technological advancement um more than 10,000 graduates of apple's developer academies um which offer classes for new and aspiring developers looking at honing their skills have launched over 1,500 apps in the last few years so there's not like a, a mega massive amount of apps we're talking about like 250 application programming interfaces or apis 250,000, and you know we're we're seven billion people in the world and if everybody has one to do smartphones and you can generate revenue it creates jobs it creates opportunity and you don't even have to leave your house and i think that that is so interesting especially coming down to 2021 mm. leading into 2030 nasa going into space the, the connectedness of things mm. this is this is proof in the pudding that this is the direction we're taking it might even be the reason why um why why someone like uh who what who, who did you say those guys were now that launched the yeah winamp you know winamp mm. coming back people saying yo you know apps that sort of um you know that sort of financial um enterprise is is going to yield good results and yeah, you got to keep it on it. Eon, you have an app, right? There's an app on the Play Store for eRadio. Yay, there is. It's called eRadio SA. Yeah, go download it now. It's free. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> it's free, man. It's the future. Yeah, it is. It's the but, future. But listen, I'm glad you, you're talking about apps now. Um, there's a very interesting article on my broadband. It was published a couple of days ago called uh, 20 Apps Killing Your Smartphone Battery. And you can see the full article on my broadband, but uh, it was a study done by a cloud storage service called pCloud, and they assessed a hundred of the world's most popular apps to determine which of them put the most strain on smartphone batteries. And they looked at three things, the first being which built-in functions each app ran in the background, like locations or camera. Secondly, the percentage of battery each app used. And then at number three, whether the app supported dark mode, because uh, I'm pretty sure you know, Kane, that uh, dark mode saves battery, right? I would imagine so, because it would have to eliminate less. Less, that's it, yes. Okay, so uh, just looking at 10 of them now, the 10 most uh, battery-hungry apps on your phone. See if you have any of these. Okay, we'll start with the least and then work our way to the most, okay? At number 10, at number 10 is Bumble. I suppose that's kind of a, is, is that a dating app? 77%. Number nine, wow. Tinder, seventy-seven percent. Number eight, <laughs> Instagram, seventy-nine percent. That I can believe. I was actually thinking it would be higher up. Um, at number seven, Bigo Live, eighty-two percent. I don't know that one. Uh, number six, Airbnb, eighty-two <laughs> percent. <Whoa. laughs> um, number five, Facebook, eighty-two percent. Yeah. Totally believable. Number four, I didn't expect uh, this one. Number four is Skype, using 87% of your battery percentage. Number three, Uber. There's your Uber, Kane. Uber, 87%. (laughs) Number three. And uh, number two, Verizon. Was it Verizon? I don't know. 92% of your battery percentage. Do you want to guess what the biggest battery guzzler is at number one? Using 92% of your battery. 
Ooh, what could it be? Objectively, I would say TikTok. Yeah, that's a good one. But no, TikTok didn't even make the list. I'm not even seeing TikTok here on the um, top 20 list. No. Um, WhatsApp is here at number 12. (laughs) (laughs) I was was wondering, you know, it could be WhatsApp in the the top 10. But WhatsApp didn't even make it. WhatsApp's number 12, YouTube number 14. But anyway... And Telegram, by the way, is number 16, using 77, uh, no, sorry, number 17, using 77% of your battery. And LinkedIn is way down at number 20, LinkedIn, 72%. But anyway, number one is using 92% of your battery percentage. It's Fitbit. (laughs) What? Fitbit. Really? (laughs) Yes. I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's always running in the background. I don't know. Tracking your locations. Lots of background things running in the background, I suppose. But anyway. Trying to figure out how many breaths you're taking every 35 seconds. Counting your red blood cells one by one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it kind of makes sense, I suppose. eh? But anyway, the full article is on my broadband. 20 apps killing your smartphone battery. So... You might want to check that yep. one out. Out of all the apps on your phone, Eon, what would you say uses your the most battery on your phone? Definitely Regardless WhatsApp. Definitely WhatsApp, in my opinion. Really, eh? Yeah, and you? Yo, I'd say it's gotta be it's it's between it's between TikTok and Google Sheets, <laughs> Docs, and all of that. I don't think I'm Google Sheets. <laughs> I don't think Google Sheets would use a lot. TikTok definitely, but it didn't even make this list. I can't understand that. That's quite weird. But anyway, because it's Chinese, they're building batteries. <laughs> it's and very things, light. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and then and then lastly, uh, did you see? There's a, a new Nokia twenty seven twenty flip phone available. It's a very basic phone, you know, like a if you want to go out and buy a little cheapy. Uh, but it is a four G enabled flip phone. Uh, it's got a keyboard, uh, but like a traditional keyboard, like the old phones where you have to really type if you want to type, like press the number a couple of times to get a letter. And then uh, also the phone comes with uh, 512 megabytes of RAM and 4 gigs of internal storage. It's It runs uh, Linux-based Kai, Kai OS, I think. Uh, and it also supports uh, apps like WhatsApp, Facebook, YouTube, and Google Maps. So you'll still be able to have that on your phone. But you know what's most impressive? Uh, apart from the price for this phone, which is uh, 1,549 Rand on prepaid, what's most impressive is wow. how long its battery lasts. <laughs> Do you want to guess? How long? How long is it? It's unreal. I it's- would say five days. It's unreal, I'm telling you. It's like it's like those days when Nokia just started, like with, with, with the 3310. But anyway, it can last <laughs> up to 28 days. What I just, on earth? I can't believe it. I don't know how they do that. Does it have like a, fl- uh, a, a fossil fuel generator inside of it? You've got to keep fuel- <laughs> it's actually so small and, and very thin, very light. It's it's actually a beautiful little phone. Actually, you know, like being a minimalist, I actually wouldn't mind a phone like that, to be honest. And 28 days, for heaven's sakes. I think that's brilliant. 
I wonder how fast it charges. Can you imagine it's got fast charging as well? Absolutely mind blown by that 28 day battery. I thought you fainted (laughs) (laughs) from shock because it's so good. But yeah, that unfortunately is it anyway for uh, for Tech Thursday for today. Uh, We're working through load shedding and all that stuff. Um, uh, Also, happy birthday to Take A Lot. Take A Lot celebrating 10 years. this month so happy oh, wow. 10 years to take a lot it's fantastic kane thank you so much it was nice to talk to you albeit wirelessly today and with the gremlins uh, on board as well uh, let's do it again next week and we'll have you in studio absolutely i'll be back in studio then we'll 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 deal with the leaf blower <laughs> Yes. Oh, gosh. Yes. He wasn't even here today. He definitely only comes when you're around, I must tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on. It was absolutely great. Can't wait till next week. And uh, to all the viewers, thank you so much for listening. It's been awesome. And to you. We'll talk uh, next week. Have a a great rest of your week, Kane. You too, Jan. Cheers. Thanks, man. Cheers.